When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of The Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Saul Tlamachia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. <laughs> That ball's hammered to center field. Beeling going to be tested back to the wall. It's gone! Leone Tavares ties it up with a homer in the bottom of the sixth. There you go. Home run call of the day. Dave Raymond, Leone Tavares going deep for the Rangers. Rangers lost, but still, unbelievably, five games up on the Astro. Let's put that in perspective a little bit. Should we? Yes, we should. Both the Tigers and White Sox in the AL Central are closer to first base at four and four and a half games respectively than the Astros are to the Rangers in first in the West. The first place Guardians, they're tied with the Twins. Both of them would be five games out of the wild card. First place, five games out of the wild card, last wild card spot. Same as the last place team in the AL East. The Red Sox. Other standing stuff, because I know you love him. Brewers and Reds, they're tied for first place in the National League Central. And get this, the team we thought was gone and forgotten, the Pirates, they're still hanging around. They've won three in a row. They're only four and a half out, too. And the biggest mystery of baseball, maybe. I think more than the Mets, the Padres. They have now lost five straight. They are now eight games back of the wild card. Forget about the division. Eight games back of the wild card. It is so bizarre. We're going to have to dig deeper on the Padres stuff, maybe heading into next week. It is baffling. All right. Well, speaking of the Rangers, they may have lost their most recent game, but they did on the same day have the most starters of any team voted in the All-Star game at four. That's pretty good, considering the last time they had a starter vote into the All-Star game was, who can say it, who can guess? Yeah, 2019, still, who can guess? Uh, you're not going to get it. Hunter Pence, DH, 2019. All right, for the most part, I think that they got the voting right. I want to get back into that later in the podcast. Most importantly... They got it right at second base in the National League. If Luis Arise was not voted in, it would have been a travesty. 
And I know the Marlins players are waiting around the Arise, vote for Arise shirts, T-shirts. I mean, what's more powerful than T-shirts? We know this. And whatever, it did the job. Because, yes, Luis Arise is a starter. Here's what Skip Schumacher, his manager, said after learning that Arise had gotten voted in and, and also getting the team together to sort of celebrate. Uh, we just had a small team meeting and uh, let everybody know that they should be watching the All-Star game because your second baseman is going to be starting in it. And, uh, you know, they're, they're all excited for him. I think they were expecting it and hoping for it because he, uh, he deserved it. The fact that he, you know, on a nightly basis now, whether it's like national news or whatever, that he is being spotlighted, you know, just over the years, Marlins doesn't get that much. Just the fact that people are invested in how he's doing, how the team's doing. I hope they're watching it because it's something really special that hasn't been done in you know, since Ted Williams, I think, right? So, and we're here in Boston, which is pretty cool but to think about. But I think the, the fact that he's doing it for so long, uh, you know, middle of the season at the halfway mark, that it's 400 is insane. Hitting 300 nowadays is so hard to do. Uh, and the fact that he's still at the four, around the 400 clip is just so impressive. And the way he goes about it uh, is contagious with all the other guys and uh, just pretty cool to watch and I hope more people are really diving in and, and seeing what he does every single day. Alright, well like I said, I, we're going to want to break down who was the most deserving at his position. Did they do it right? That's later in the podcast. But first, I wanted to get to the guy who was the second base starter for the National League last year. That would have been Jazz Chisholm. Watching Jazz play, watching Jazz interact with fans, you're, you're, you understand what the fascination is with this guy. Now, he's only hitting 244 with a 753 OPS. But since he came off the IL in the Marlins sweep of the Red Sox in the last three games, five for 12 with two homers, once again, I want to know what's what when it comes to Jazz Chisholm's existence. It is intriguing, not only because of the talent that he has, but also because of what he represents, watching him play, how he how he uh, interacts. Like you said, represents the 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 next wave of baseball players. We talk on this podcast so much about showing personality, about baseball needing to do that more than ever. Well, this is the guy who does it. He just needs to be good. He was he has been good, and he has been good recently. Now he has to really, really get rolling for a team that's rolling. And obviously, Jazz Chisholm's conversation or Q rating or whatever you want to call it was amped up exponentially this offseason and heading into this year because, yes, he was on the cover of MLB The Show 23. To give you an idea of the players recently who was on the MLB The Show cover, 2018 was Judge. He was 25. Harper, 2019, 25. Javier Baez, 26, 2020. Yeah, it was a bad tour. 2020 was an off year for everybody. Uh, 2021, Fernando Tatis Jr. Again, didn't really work out the best. Or what? I don't want to say it's the curse of MLB, the show. I don't, I don't think that this is a Madden thing. But Baez and Tatis Jr., back-to-back. But they rebound last year, Shohei Itani. I think he's doing all right for himself. And then, like you said, this year, Jazz Chisholm Jr. 
And so when I saw Jazz, we had talked to him in spring training. Great guy to talk to. He has the t proudly wearing his baseballs and boring T-shirt. I wanted to ask him, now we're a couple months out, how his life has changed since he has been on the MLB The Show cover. So I wanted to, I, I felt like that was an interesting thing, especially watching him interact. I keep saying interact, but it's true. You know, shake hands, sign autographs, fist bump, whatever it is, yell back and forth with fans. Like, you can see this guy just likes being out there. And I would imagine that being on this cover has amped that up. But don't take my word for it. Just because I think it doesn't mean it actually is true. That's why at Baseball Isn't Boring, we go to science and go to the player and actually ask him. And also in this conversation, not a long conversation, but a good one, I wanted to know what Jazz Chisholm, who is fast, maybe not the fastest, but he is very fast, I think 88th percentile sprint speed, who he thought, who is the fastest guy he has ever seen. We've asked a few guys this, and obviously this stems off Ellie De La Cruz, the fastest sprint speed in all of baseball, saying that he's the fastest man in the world. So who does Jazz Chisholm believe is the fastest guy? You are going to be shocked when you hear. <laughs> so much so then. When the somebody had walked by and heard Jazz say this, they did a double take. What, 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 what? This is the guy? Anyway, good conversation. And then after Jazz, I talked to James Paxton. James Paxton, who is entering a unique time, much like a lot of players, where he maybe is on the cusp of being one of the most tradable guys, one of the most sought-after guys heading into July, heading into the trade deadline, yet he desperately wants to stay with his team. All right, but first, before we get to Paxton, let's get to Jazz. How life has changed, obviously, being on the cover of MLB The Show is a big deal. But for you, now, you know, a few months after the fact, has it changed? Like, can you see a change in how you're perceived and more fans doing that? I mean, honestly, I... Not from last year, you know, I just try to always be myself and stick to being me, so I don't really see how it's changed other people who I see it, but to me it just feels the same as last year on the first day I stepped in the big league. Well, for you, but I mean, like, like for instance, like when you go to a game, I mean, this is the whole idea of drawing people in. Do you get the sense that you have more kids? Oh, yeah, yeah. 100%, yeah. I mean, yeah, they come just to have fun with me, man. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna just take all the spotlights while I'm trying to get into the kids too. Yeah, they enjoy it. They see themselves on TV, on ESPN, on TV. Yeah, I mean, that's what I wanted as a kid, so that's why I always try to make it like something like that for the other kids. Has it been the experience that you thought? Oh yeah, 100%. I mean, that's the. I mean, obviously, I'm sure you've talked about it before, but still. It's such a cool thing, right? Oh, yeah. Well, it's amazing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I've been asked it uh, like a, a million times. Yeah, sorry. At the same time. <laughs> but at the same time, it's still the same thing. Like, it's still, like, crazy that I'm was able to make an incredible athlete, especially not being able to play the season and being an all-star and everything, but it's like one of the sickest experiences ever. Has the reaction been, like you said, you talk about the reaction, has it been what you thought it would be? Because when you do it, you kind of think, okay, this is cool, but then 
Oh, yeah. Has it spin about you what you thought it would be? Yeah. Really? Yeah, everybody's saying, More of this year, though. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Always touching hands, but it was like that a little bit last year yes. when I became an all-star, so uh, that's why I said, like, last year and this year, for me, it's just like, I'm just going out there and just trying to have fun and make, like, some kid you know what I mean? So, like, that's what it is for me. What can we Making them have, like, a love for the game. Be happy with your rating? What, 85? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I gotta work it up right now, so we'll see where that gets to. By the way, I wanted to ask you, you're fast. Congratulations. Um, Elliot De La Cruz is a guy who's fast. But I look at, like, like guys like you just changing the game. Like, we focus so when, when De La Cruz is, like, I don't know if you watched him at all. They're fun to watch, right? Yeah. But you're fun to watch. I mean, like, but do you think that the game is, like, on top of everything? Like, your game is sort of going the way that you play. Yeah. You know? Do you feel that way? 100 one of the first ones like us to really get into the league and like <clears throat> getting up here and getting to play against him especially when I first got called up and we played him like 20 times a year that was probably the best 20 <laughs> games in my like I love to play against Kuhn because like he gives me that like let's go do this to see who's gonna have the most fun but also who's gonna play the best you know what I mean so that's why yeah. who's the fastest guy you've ever seen I've asked this so when Brenton Doyle who's the fast guy for Colorado he was in here and I asked this this like who's the fastest guy that you've ever seen play maybe it's you I don't know like, whoever you ever played with or played against I would say Magnarius Sierra really yeah. I did not expect that answer really because like I look at people that are fast, like Elliot's fast, but like he's also six foot. However, Do you know how much he weighed when he first came up? Or like, signed? 130 pounds. Uh, anyway, sorry. Go ahead. But, like, you look at him, he's long, so if he actually has the power in his legs to run, like, he's going to easily be fast. It's just like Otani. Like, we got Garrett Cooper up here running 29 feet per second, 28 feet per second. Like, it's just because there's already, yeah, yeah. like, the long. Yeah. But the shorter guys who actually get the 30 feet per second, and stuff like that. That's harder to do. Yeah. So, like, I would say Magnus That's a that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you like that, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's a good question. And um, but anyway, just I know that a lot of people want to thank you for all that you do for baseball. And you don't wear the same cleats two times in a row, right? Not two days in a row. Ever. Never two days in a row. All right. All right. The last part, we're saying he wears the ice cream shoes. Everyone's watching his shoes. Everyone's watching his gloves. Well, little note there: Jazz Chisholm never wears the same cleats. The same cleats two games in a row. Just thought you might want to know that. All right, James Paxton. Well, he's starting on Friday, one day before Canada Day, which is of note since he is Canadian. James Paxton is also having a very good year. Uh, Captain come out of his most recent start because of a bum knee, but knee isn't bad enough to prevent him from starting. He represents, as we said before, a one, potentially one of the most interesting starting pitching trade chips. He's on a one-year deal with the Red Sox. Considering how well he's doing, considering what he brings to the table, and considering his contract status. But with all players... You're going to hear this in this conversation. With all players, 
They always see the best in their teammates, the best in their team, and they always usually want to make a run with that team. Even when it's slipping away, slipping away, slipping away, they're like, we're good. People don't understand how good we are. Just keep us together. And then there's the desperation for the players to do well to keep the band together, to make the run. So they aren't selling. Not all the time, but I think certainly in the Red Sox clubhouse with Paxton, that's the case. So I wanted to talk to him about that a little bit. So here you go. Here's James Paxton. Just, uh, I mean, the, the consensus that I've talked to other guys is that, you know, everybody wants to be here, make a run and everything else. And it's in, as someone, obviously, like this is, if, if, it, if it goes the other way, like you become a guy, right? Because you're on the last year of your contract right. and you're doing well. Yeah. But for you, it's, and I know you can only control what you can control, but still, like the you want to do well no matter what. Yeah. But I would imagine you also want to stay here, especially after everything you've gone through, right? Yeah, of course. You know, the that's the goal is to win here. You know, that's what we want to do. And uh, I think we have the team to do it. Obviously, we need to, we have some things we need to work on and, um, you know, start playing some better baseball consistently. Um, but we think we have a group that can do it. You've seen it. You've been on different teams that made it like sli- even even the slightest of additions that sort of like spurred on teams. Uh, do you have an example of that? First of all, like going back of because sometimes this is for for me. It's like Steve Pierce Day. Yeah. This was this was the, this was the day that they traded for Steve Pierce. Yeah. Yesterday was the day Seattle traded for Carlos Santana. Yeah. yeah. And they went seventeen and four. Do you have any examples of this? I don't think so. On the teams that I've been on, um, the Mariners, like we didn't make it to the postseason when I was at the Mariners. Um, I can't remember really any additions. And with the Yankees in 2019, when we went to the postseason, I don't know. I can't remember if we made any additions or not uh, around the deadline that year. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think I have any like good examples for you, but I know that that's obviously a thing that, that happens. Yeah, I remember you talking about, this is a different example, the yeah. John Buck example, yeah. 2014, yeah. about how, you know, you don't want to like go the other way. You want to you want to keep moving forward with these guys, right? And right. and sometimes it turns that because if you do go the other way, the John Buck example is. Yeah, yeah. You know, he for us, he was a team leader. You know, and he really glued our group together, and uh, we uh, played better with him on the team. The so is it is it is July being on teams. Again, we don't know what's going to happen, but being on teams, is it a weird time? Like, as you've gone through your career, have you gotten used to it more? Is it just like you tell guys, listen, you know, you can only do what you can do? Yeah, I mean, it can be. You know, obviously there's the distraction of talking about it, you know. Yeah, sorry. But that's okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we have zero control over that, and uh, we have to focus on coming to the ballpark and putting our best effort in every night and trying to win baseball games. And uh, the trade stuff and all of that is for the uh, you know the higher-ups to handle. That's, that's their job, not ours. The knee thing aside, do you feel like even with the knee thing, the last outing, I mean, you're getting swings and misses. You, you look good. Like you're in, You had that bump in the road at the beginning of the year, but do you feel like okay, my career is going in the right direction again? Yeah, you know, absolutely. I feel, um, 
I feel good. My body feels good for the most part. Uh, I feel good about where I'm at, uh, my headspace on the mound, my mechanics and stuff, making progress on things, and um, just, uh, yeah, uh, enjoying being, being back on the mound again. How close are you to 2017? I know that... that... I don't know. I'm what... <laughs> What is that? Three, seven years older? No, six years older than that now. Um, but uh, you know, I feel I feel great. I feel my stuff feels really good. Um, it's obviously a little bit different than it was back then, but not much. Uh, the fastball feels pretty close to the same. Um, I feel like I have a better um, mindset on the mound than I did back then, um, and I think maybe that's. I feel I feel better than I did back then, just in that in that sense. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Like, yeah. So the obvious answer is that you're, you know, that was X amount of years ago. But the feeling of I'm gonna get this guy out. It, how does that does that feel the same? Yeah, you know that. I, I think I have like the same confidence level in myself yeah. on the mound for sure. Which is a big thing. I mean, considering how well you did, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah it's, it's. I'm. Uh, I'm grateful to be to be back out there, feeling how I'm feeling, and uh, competing. You know, at the level that I've been able to compete at. All right, good stuff from James. Good stuff from everybody. Again, we want to thank everybody for listening. Rating, reviewing, subscribing, going to socials at BB isn't boring, the whole ball of wax, a damn near perfect game. Keep buying the book. Thank you, everybody. By the way, speaking of the book, confirmed Skip Schumacher, who you heard from earlier in the podcast, Marlins manager, has read a damn near perfect game and loved it. We'll get a testimonial from him later. All right. Uh, we had talked earlier in the podcast about All Stars. I want to get to which, which ones the voters got right, which ones they didn't get right. For the most part, spoiler alert, they got most of them right. All right, NL catcher, Sean Murphy, 926 OPS, and Jonah Heim, two good picks. American League, National League, all apologies to Adley Rushman. Heim probably deserves it a little bit more. Adley Rushman, who walks a ton. Good for him. He'll still make the team. Freddie Freeman and Yandy Diaz, they are the top two OPS guys among first basemen, and both are going to start. Arise, we talked about that. That was a no-brainer. Marcus Simeon, certainly deserving, but the Angels, Brandon Drury, might have a slightly better case. 14 homers, 822 OPS. Simeon, not a bad pick. Olin Arenado, not a terrible pick, but J.D. Davis of the Giants, probably a better one. Same goes for Josh Young of the Texas Rangers. He got the nod over to Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez should be the guy, but once again, Young not a terrible pick. Good for the Rangers. Orlando Arcia, good choice for the NL, but you know Corey Seager getting the nod in the American League, he has absolutely tore it up. But he's only played in 49 games. And Bode Bichette, I mean, he's in the MVP. Oh, well, I was going to say he's in the MVP conversation. The non-Shohei Atani division of the MVP conversation. Uh, so then you have DH, no doubters. I mean, this is probably the position that's, that's as little doubt as any position. Ote, uh, Shohei Atani and J.D. Martinez. Outfield, good job by the voters, I think. Acuna. Corbin Carroll, Mookie Betts. All great choices. Odd man out. You could have picked Soto over Betts. Soto has a 913 OPS. 
uh, in the American League, Trout, Arena, and Aaron Judge. Trout and Arena, absolutely, absolutely. Judge, we know his deal. So that allows to slide somebody in. That has to be Luis Robert Jr. of the Chicago White Sox, who sneakily has 23 homers and an 891 OPS, becoming a top 10 player in baseball. So good job by the voters. Good job by us. Once again, at BB isn't boring. Hope everybody enjoyed today's podcast. We'll keep them coming. We'll keep them cracking out uh, all throughout the day, all throughout the weekend, all heading into next week. And then, boom, we're going to be at the All-Star Game, people. Let's go. All right, everybody. Have a great day.